Welcome to the Radiant Podcast. We are so glad you joined us today. This podcast features messages, interviews, and discussions from Radiant Church located in Seneca, South Carolina. For more information about Radiant, visit RadiantChurchSC.com. Here's today's episode. Welcome to Radiant Church. My name is Andrew and I'm the lead pastor and we're so glad you could join us today from wherever you're watching or listening from. If this is your first time joining us, hey, do me a favor, go to RadiantChurchSC.com and click I'm new. If you fill out that short form online for us as a way of saying thanks, we're going to donate $5 to one of the nonprofits that's listed right there on the site. So this is the third talk in our series called It's Complicated, But It Doesn't Have to Be. We've been focusing primarily on relationships this month and what can make relationships and really life complicated, but it doesn't have to be, not if we follow God's path for our lives. So we spent the first week learning how to overcome five lives the enemy tells that can make things more complicated. And then last week we jumped into married life. And if you want your marriage or your future marriage to be successful, if you choose to get married, that is a choice, right? Then there's one thing you absolutely have to do. You have to become one. And we do that by dying to ourselves. Now, something happened last year that wasn't pandemic-induced. In fact, we know COVID changed pretty much every facet of life, right? Uh, But something else happened that's never happened in our nation's history before. For the very first time in America, single adults, people who are over the age of 18, okay, comprise the majority. Yeah, that's different. So if last week, it was Valentine's Day last week. So if last week was tough on you and your social feeds full of couples and Valentine's Day, uh, and you felt a little bit out of place, just know that, hey, marrieds, we're actually in the minority. And if you're single, you're in the new majority now, okay? You're actually not as alone as you think you are. Uh, Now, you may not be single, okay? But I want you to stay locked into this teaching because really this is for everybody. It's not just for people who are single. I mean, parents, you've got kids who might be single right now, adult kids, teenagers, that kind of thing. Uh, You might be mentoring a person who's single right now. Uh, You certainly have friends, I'm sure, who are single. And just like married life, the single life is full of complications. And in some ways, it's full of more complications, right? So single status by itself is pretty complicated uh, on its own merit. So, But if you're single and dating, well, that's complicated, right? Single after college, that's definitely complicated. Single in your 30s and 40s, yeah. That's complicated too. What if you're single again? That's complicated. Single and separated, definitely complicated. Single with kids, more complicated, I would argue more difficult than any other status. That's because single plus anything else really just becomes complicated in general. Now there's almost a social stigma in some ways, which still exists today, to being single. And and this is especially true if you approach a certain age or a season of life, right? And and you know where it rears his ugly head the most? You know where I'm going if you're single already, right? It's those family gatherings. It's the family gatherings. There's always that one aunt or that one uncle who embodies the person who always asks, is there anybody special? And of course, the moment you say no, you get this kind of condescending look shot back at you as if something might be wrong with you and you're supposed to be, you know, married with five kids by the time you turn 30. Did anybody tell you that, (laughs) right? But it's not just family. It gets complicated at church too. We... You hear well-intentioned comments, right? Things like, 
well, just wait for a sign from God, okay? Or, well, God has that perfect someone in His perfect timing. Or this is my favorite, just because of how awful it is. Oh, just keep dating Jesus, baby. Just keep dating Jesus. How many of you guys have heard that before? Please, for the love of all that's good and holy, don't tell someone to keep dating Jesus, okay? Can we just scratch that one? You know, just trying to define dating for a single person. It's pretty complicated because of how fast everything changes in our culture nowadays too, right? So there isn't actually a true common understanding of dating anymore, which might be a shocker to some of you who are, might be older, but that's because there's so many different ideas about what it's actually like. So it used to be for much of human history that a girl's family would initiate a courtship with a guy they felt would be a good fit. There might be like a dowry or whatever involved. It was pretty formal and it was almost like an arranged marriage, you know? And then along came the car. So for the last hundred years or so, we've done the whole dating thing where now the guy pursues the girl, and if he meets her family, uh, it's, a, it's a serious step, right? Uh, but that's not even as common today as it used to be. We've kind of skipped that part nowadays too. Now we just kind of go straight to hookups. You know, you just swipe right for a reply and ask if they want to watch you know, Netflix and chill. Which by the way, for those of you who might be a little bit older, Netflix and chill isn't quite what you think it is. We're not binge watching anything here. Uh, it's your generation's version of the one night stand, okay? So the pandemic and all of its restrictions hasn't exactly made you know any easier to avoid the temptation to swipe right and take in a little Netflix if you're still single. So we haven't even touched, by the way, on the social media space. But if you're single, and that's complicated too, right? I mean, social media is full of all kinds of complications because the older you get, the more surrounded you are with pictures and videos of friends with the perfect marriage and the perfect job and the perfect house and the perfect yard. My gosh, the dog himself is perfect, right? And at the same time, you have some single friends who are still living it up, like they're at Myrtle Beach and it's spring break all the time. So meanwhile, you're left feeling as if you don't have a space, right? Like. like like you don't have a marriage, you don't have a family life, you're not living it up in the dirty myrtle. So where do you fit in? You feel stuck, don't you? It's like you're in quicksand and you want to move forward, but you hesitate because it feels like the more you try to move forward, the more stuck you become, you know? And because you've got a lot of complicated things to sort out and process through in your own life, you just kind of stay where you are. There was a survey done last year and was asking the question, what is the most complicated thing about being single today? Now this was all pre-pandemic, all right? So I'm sure these answers would have changed in a pretty big way uh, if, if it was asked you know, this year. But listen to what some folks said, all right? 35 year old woman, listen to this for a moment. I feel, she says, like a lot of pressure is put on me to get married young. I feel like I'm behind because of my age, especially in the South, which is <laughs> probably, I love this, probably why I've dated so many idiots. <laughs> but I keep lowering my standards because I'm struggling with the pressure to get married and start a family. I keep lowering my standards. We're gonna come back to some of that here in a moment. 28 year old guy, it's the loneliness he says. I just keep asking myself, what's wrong with me? You know, I'm still single, what am I doing wrong? 55 year old woman, boy this one should hit home. There's a lot of folks in their 50s who are still single, believe it or not. She says, I'm single again. 
I know I'm completing God, but it's difficult to be a 50-year-old woman trying to date in today's world. It's even tougher to trust God through the process. And this is a 21-year-old woman right here. Being single makes you wonder, why? Is it, is it me? Like, am I doing something wrong? How can it be so easy for everybody else? I get asked all the time by my family if I'm dating, and I smile and I say, not yet. And they laugh it off, and they say, well, it'll happen in God's timing. It's just, you know, I just want God to hurry up, because the loneliness and the pressure is real. Last one, 30-year-old guy. If I'm honest, I'm scared to get married because I'm exactly where I want to be in my life. Got the job I want, my finances are good, my life is great. But besides, I remember how awful I was to girls in college. Maybe it's karma. Like maybe it's, you know, I'm single and it's just punishment. See, one of the things that stood out to me in those responses was this pattern of feeling pressure. I think there's more pressure the older you get to address being single, but you certainly feel it as a college student. You certainly feel it as a young adult. And before those of you who might be older and more experienced, dismiss the notion of, you know, pressure here. Let me be really clear that it often comes from very well-intentioned, well-meaning, loving parents and older adults. Most of the time, though, you know, you're not trying to exert pressure to get, you know, married and move someone out of the single life. I get that. But that's precisely how it's received and how it's causing many single people, regardless of their age, to make poor choices, to lower their standards, we heard, right? To relieve that pressure. So what's behind those statements? Well, what's behind them are attacks from the enemy. He's trying to keep you as a single person in a place of hurt and hesitation so you remain stuck, so that you can't move forward in your life. But here's the good news, all right? Good news is this. There is a God who loves you, and he wants to pull you out of the muck and get you moving forward into the life that he's created for you. There is a person who actually has something to say about the gift of singleness. That's, that's right. I didn't hesitate there or stutter. It is a gift. It is a gift. He's actually single himself. And no, it's not Jesus, though he was also single. Uh, his name is Paul. And he wrote a third of your New Testament. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, he argues that being single is actually a gift from God. Look at this, 1 Corinthians 7, 7. Paul says, but I wish everyone were single just as I am. Yet each person has a special gift, note that, from God of one kind or another. Now, I know that sounds ridiculous to hear that, that singleness is a gift, but some of you who are single might already be on the verge of like checking out just based on that, but don't, because this is a gift. We've spent so much time treating marriage as one of life's greatest gifts. And don't get me wrong, marriage is a gift. But we've spent so much time doing that that we've come to treat being single almost like it's deficient. I mean, if that being single is just as much a gift as being married. In fact, it's not even secondary. It's just as unique as all of God's other gifts. In the same chapter, Paul gives his vision for what the gift of being single looks like, whether it's for a lifetime or a season. It doesn't really matter. There is a framework to use this gift that most of us have been given really here for a limited amount of time. Skip down and look at verse number 32. I'm going to read the message version here. Verse number 32, though, Paul says this. I want you to live as free of complications as possible. 
When you're unmarried, you're free to concentrate on simply pleasing the master. Marriage involves you in all the nuts and bolts of domestic life and wanting to please your spouse. That's an understatement for sure, right? Leading to so many demands in your attention. And the time and the energy that married people spend on caring for and nurturing each other, the unmarried can spend in becoming whole and holy instruments of God. I'm trying to be helpful and make it as easy as possible for you not to make things harder. It's the heart of a pastor right there at the end. How can you make the most of your single life? Well, Paul gives us four keys to, be, uh, to being single in this passage that I want to touch on real quickly today that's going to help you take advantage of the season that you're, happy, you know, you're in right now. For most of you, um, it is a limited time, right? It won't last forever, uh, and that's all the more reason for you to hone in on these four keys. Each of these keys, by the way, is going to build on each other. So let's start with the first one. First key, this is the foundation. It's really important. Paul is saying you need to be single and simple. Single and simple. Notice, he wants you to live free from complications in verse number 32. Simple doesn't mean, by the way, easy. It means staying focused in this season. All throughout God's Word, we're told to focus on the season that we're living in, not to miss it, to make the most of it, right? Ecclesiastes 3.1, famous verse, tells us this, that for everything, there's a season and a time for every activity under heaven. There's a time and a place for everything, right? So this season of being single... Uh, is really important. Stay focused. Take the time to develop who you are right now. You've got some, you know, also kind of options that are out there, right? Uh, schools, jobs, all kinds of things you can do. You can get the degree that you want to get. Uh, dig deep right now is my point. Dig deep and establish yourself for what lies ahead. Develop who you are. You have that time. You ever noticed how uh, when a city wins a bid for the Olympics, they spend years getting ready. Like they build bigger and better arenas. They clean up stuff. There's, there's a new infrastructure system they'll put into place to handle all the crowds. They're focused because they've got a limited amount of time to get everything ready for this spectacular event they're going to host. Well, look, singleness is a gift. And for many of you who are single, you've got a limited amount of time in your lives to get everything focused and get everything set before that next married season, which many of you will go through, comes into play. And I know it may not feel like your time is limited. It might feel like it's forever, you know, but it will come. And before you know, It'll be here. So be selfish in a way with these years. Like don't give so much of them away so easily because what you cultivate in this season, what's going to yield fruit is you will experience for the rest of your life. Now here's the next key. Paul wants you to be single and seeking. Single and seeking. Paul says in verse number 32, that the aim of being single in this season is to please the master. Meaning we're serving at the pleasure of God Almighty. Matthew 6, 33, really famous verse, Jesus reminds us to do this. He says, hey, seek the kingdom of God above all else. Live righteously, and he'll give you everything that you need. What a great promise that is, straight from the heart of Christ. I think we've really mixed this up in our circles today, because so many of us want God to give us all the stuff first, right? Give me all the things I need, all the stuff I want, all the folks I desire, whatever it is, and then God, I'll know you're God, and I'll follow you, right? But that's not how it works. You got to seek Him first above all else, or you're honestly, if I'm real with you, you're wasting your time, right? 
When you're seeking God first, you're given this limited amount of time as a single person to focus, to grow some deep roots in your walk with the Lord. And this time, as you seek Him, you begin to develop the values which define you for the rest of your life. So look to God as your source, right? Seek Him, and you'll find the answers you're looking for. And if you can't find the answers, I, can, I promise you this, if you can't find the answers, all right, what you will find is God's ultimate peace, because peace will bring you satisfaction from from the Lord. So I can't stress this enough, man. Don't waste your single years. Seek God's kingdom first. Grow deep. And when you're all in seeking God, you start to live out the very first promise, by the way, in Psalm 23. What is that promise? Well, Psalm 23:1, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all, not some, not part, but all that I need. And so God will give you all that he needs when you seek him first. And often seeking God first leads to making a difference for him as well. And that really leads us to key number three, be single and serving. Be single and serving. So at verse number 33, Paul says, you know, the time and energy that married people put into their marriage can be used by singles in becoming whole and holy. We'll come back to that phrase too. Instruments of God. So I want you to think about this for a moment. For you single guys and ladies that are out there, you have more discretionary time and energy right now than you do at any point in your life. You'll never have more time and energy than what's in front of you in this moment, okay? Married life gets a little bit complicated. And when you have kids, the ball game changes again, and it's more complicated. And they take up more of your time and energy, by the way, okay? So, like, you know, when Shana, when Shana works, I try to be super dad, <laughs> right? Like, in my mind, what I do is really impressive. In her mind, she's grateful that when she gets home, uh, the house is not a disaster. The kids are actually alive and in bed still. That's a pretty good day, okay? You know, kids just take up whole new levels of time and energy. You'll never have another season like this, I promise you. So do something which matters. Take the time and energy and funnel it into doing something which is eternal. How do you do that? You get started right where you are. You get started with your church community. If you don't have a church community, find one. We'll help you find one. Right here at Radiant Church would be a great one for you to be a part of. Psalm 92, 12 through 15 says this, But the godly will flourish like palm trees and grow strong at the cedars of Lebanon, for they're planted in the Lord's own house. Key phrase there. They flourish in the courts of God. Even in old age, they'll still produce fruit. They'll remain vital and green. And they'll declare the Lord is just. He is my rock and there is no evil in him. Get planted right here at Radiant Church. Get planted if you're watching long distance in your church community. There are a couple of different ways you can do that. One place for us here at Radiant is to get on our dream team, find a team you can be a part of. You know, how do you do that? We go through our growth track process. It's going to take you two weeks to go through growth track. If you missed this cycle in February, no problem. Catch the next one in March. It's the first and second Sunday of each month, step one and step two. The other place you get planted in um, is is being a group leader, right? Be a group leader. Spring groups are going to start soon, but our summer semester, it's six weeks long. It starts in June. The fall semester is in September, uh, and, and it'll be 10 weeks long. We don't have a college student uh, or young adults or singles kind of ministry here at Radiant uh, because we don't have ministries. We have groups. So get a group of singles or college students or young adults together and, and start growing together and, and making an impact. You can do that, and you know what? There'll never be a better time than right now, okay? Now, here's the fourth and final key. Be single and secure. Be single and secure. 
So we said a minute ago in verse number 33 that singles can become whole and holy. One of the goals at the end of these single years is to end up in a place of security. And things are definitely going to shift every day in our world. It's hard to keep track of all that's changing and be secure. But you can live your life and be markedly different than the rest of the world around you. And that comes when you build your life on the rock, on the foundation, that is Jesus. Check this out from Matthew chapter 7. This is Jesus' words here. And he says, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it, well, they're wise. Like a person who builds a house on solid rock. And though the rain comes in torrents and the flood waters rise and the winds beat against the house, it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. The bedrock here being the teachings of Christ, okay? When the culture shifts and changes, when the storms of life beat and rage against you, you will not fall and you'll still be left standing if your life is firmly rooted in the foundation of Jesus Christ. So you want a vision for the single years? Man, be single and secure in the Lord, all right? God's word tells us this, that no weapon formed against you is going to succeed. However, it doesn't tell, you, uh, that, tell, you, tell us that there won't be weapons that formed uh, against you that will be coming after you <laughs> because weapons will come after you. And when they come, the pressure's real, the temptations are heavy, just don't get moved by them. You don't have to be moved by them. You know, you can feel them, but you don't have to be wrecked by them. You can feel them on a Friday night, but not swipe right to meet and in-the-moment need. You can feel those things but not get locked in on pornography. Anytime we try to meet something temporary, okay, the, to meet a temporary need, we're on shifting sand and we'll always be left disappointed, hurt, worse off than we were before. We'll fill a crack only to find that we're actually creating a much larger void. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, once you reach a place of security that God's going to let you out of what you might deem like that single prison, okay? But married life brings, as we said earlier, its own complications and issues. So be sure of who you are first. Allow God to develop you now because that'll help you become secure in the person that Christ created and in Christ himself. And that'll help you make the next step when it's time. Dr. Les Parrott, he's, he's a renowned marriage and relationship expert. He's got some great advice for those in the single life right now. He says, hey, if you try to build intimacy with another person before you've gotten whole on your own, all your relationships become an attempt to complete yourself. Did you catch that? Because man, that is so true. The world says that we're complete when we find each other. Here's that famous scene. I, I'll be honest, I hate it. Famous scene, Jerry Maguire, Tom Cruise, and Renelle Zellweger are kind of at the end of the movie. And if you haven't seen this movie, you've probably seen the clip, I'm sure. That famous scene where Tom Cruise looks at Renee Zellweger and he's got tears in his eyes and he says, you complete me. I hate that. I hate that scene. And she looks at him and she says, shut up. You had me at hello. And Kenny Chesney's music comes on. And uh, yeah, anyway, it's all, but here's the thing. It's all a lie, right? It's all a lie. Another person does not complete you. Two halves don't make a whole. When you do things God's way, two halves don't make a whole. Two holes will make a whole. You enter a relationship hoping the other person completes you. You're going to be disappointed. You're going to be hurt. You're going to be left empty because only God can complete you. And marriage works best when two people have been made whole and complete by God and they come together and die to themselves to form a union that can live. That's healthy and true completeness.
See, I was one of those guys in my single life who had a very hard time being single. I handled it just in a, in a bad way. I was always trying to date somebody, trying to find that need met, right? I was actually, I hated being alone. I had a fear of being alone. And so because of that, I made a lot of poor decisions, okay? When you're trying to make things happen, by the way, on your own, and you try to speed up God's timeline, you will buckle under the pressure you might feel from other people. You're not gonna make good choices. And as the one person in the survey earlier said, you do lower your standards and what happens is you end up hurting yourself more more and more and more and there's more pain and there's more junk to process through and as a result those poor choices make your life a whole lot more complicated than it really has to be but I reached the point heading into my senior year at college where I made the decision to embrace the single season I was in so in that short time I, I, I kept it simple I placed my focus on God I sought his direction and his leading which by the way led me to realize there was a call of ministry in my life, right? I started serving as a youth leader in our church's student ministry. Uh, I, I felt secure in who I was in Christ because I was becoming more grounded in Him. Finding somebody wasn't even on my radar. I wasn't even thinking about that. And then I met Shana. See, God works you know, differently in each person. I get that. And I think for my story, though, I had to get to a place where I followed the very keys I share with you today. But in my single season, I kept things simple. I was seeking God, I was serving, and I was secure in Christ so that God could make me whole. And for the first time, I didn't try to build any intimacy with somebody while being incomplete myself. I let God make me whole. I let God do the work in me so that I was ready to start another season with an incredible woman whom God had also made whole and completed. And without that season of being single, without allowing God to work through me, I mean, can I tell you, there's no way I would have been ready for that. So what I tell you today, if you're single, no matter how old you are, right, or how long you've been single, because there's commonalities that you're going to share regardless, okay, is simply this. Allow God to work through you. Allow God to make you complete and to make you whole. Work through those four keys that we talked about. I've lived it. I've experienced it. I'm telling you, man, God's way really works. Don't be in a rush to jump into a married season. Don't rush by the single season that you're in right now. Don't wish that time away, man. Use it to grow deeper in your walk with Christ. Use it to serve and, and do things for God's glory that you can't do to the same extent when you become married. Use it to stay focused and become secure in who God has created you to be. Because that will make your life a lot less complicated. Before I pray for you guys who are single, I want to take a moment to pray for those of you who might realize today that you're incomplete. You need God to make you whole. You'd say, Pastor, I need to make this move. I, I want what God can bring. If they can complete me, if they can make me whole, I want it. And, and we're going we're gonna to pray a, a two-step prayer in just a moment here. We make Christ our Lord and Savior. But then I'll come back and I'll, I'll pray for those of you who are single. And, 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 and I'll ask you to embrace that gift that God has given you. To use it as a time to grow in your walk and your impact and your love for Him. Okay? So, Father, I thank you today for every person watching or listening right now. Lord, for those who uh, would say, Pastor, I, I, I'm incomplete. I need God to make me whole, God. Uh, Lord, I, I pray for those individuals right now that they would open their hearts up to you. In fact, right now, if that's you, just follow along with me. Two-step prayer, very easy. Say it in your own words. You don't got to repeat after me. We're going to say a prayer like this. First, we're going to make Christ our Lord, or, or I'm sorry, our Savior. And how that works is we say, Jesus, I'm sorry for my sin. Forgive me for the wrong that I've done. 
cleanse me from my sin. I, I, I want to live up to your standards. I, I want you to come in to give me a fresh start, a brand new life. I accept what your sacrifice and resurrection bought for me, that new life I can have together uh, with you. Forgive me for my sin. And now we move into our, our next step. We make him Lord. Making him Lord simply means that we're no longer calling the shots. It's not, our, it's not about us anymore. We're going to follow Jesus. We're going to submit ourselves to him. We're going to obey him. And so, Lord, I pray now, as we've, we've said yes to you for being our Savior and you've forgiven our sins, now we're, we're praying and asking God that you will be Lord of our lives, that our, our lives are no longer our own, that we're not going to call the shots, we're not going to do our own thing, we're not going to try to make our own decisions. God, from now on, we will follow you. We'll submit ourselves to you. We will obey you. We will follow you. No matter where you lead us or where you take us, God, we are yours from this day forward. May we serve you faithfully. That's making Christ your Lord and Savior. And if you said that kind of prayer, you're in the kingdom of God here today. Now, Father, I pray for those who are single right now. They're in that season of life where they are not maybe embracing the gift of singleness. It's very hard to do, right? Uh, Lord, I pray today that you will encourage and remind them this is a gift. Whatever time they have being single, and for many of us, it's a limited amount of time. Lord, it's a gift, and, and I pray that they would understand the importance of taking this time, God, to make sure they keep things simple and keep things focused on you. That, Lord, they begin seeking you and your kingdom first right now, God. Now, Father, they begin to step in and serve in ways that they may not be able to serve down, down the road when things kind of kind of get more complicated because there's a different season of life they'll be in. And, God, I, I pray that, that they'll be secure in who you are. Help them to be grounded. And as you complete them, God, and as you begin to do a work inside of them, Lord, I pray that you prepare them for that next season of life you have for them. And Father, if, if you don't have that next season, because we recognize some individuals stay single their entire lives. And Lord, if, they, if, that's, if that's where some folks are here today, Lord, I pray uh, for a special blessing on them. I pray for a special favor upon their life right now. They would embrace the gift you've given them, Lord. And they would see uh, you do such a incredible and amazing things, God, through them as they live for you and your glory. May they embody uh, who Paul was, you know, and, and, and embody that very attitude and nature Paul has where he, he just kind of boasts not in himself, but in what he's able to do for your glory because he is single. So, Lord, I thank you for that. Thank you for that gift that Paul left us with. May you encourage us, Father, along those lines there. And, Lord, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your son, that he came and died for us <clears throat> so we could be free from sin and from darkness. We pray and ask all this in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or would like to reach out to us, you can do so by emailing us at media at radiantchurchsc.com or visit one of our social accounts on Facebook, Instagram, like what you heard today, subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes and give us a five-star rating on the podcast platform that you listen to. We hope you have an amazing rest of your day.